I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Hello, this is Vic Cohen broadcasting live from downtown Los Angeles. This is Skid Row Studios. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question. Because on this show, every question is a fair question. There is no question that is ever too personal or ever off limits. And tonight, I have one of Hollywood's biggest casting directors sitting across from me. When I say biggest, I mean the tallest. He's about 6'2", maybe 6'3". 6'3". Something like that. But also, he has cast some of, if not all of, the biggest reality shows on television. From Big Brother, Survivor, Deal or No Deal, Pontiac Vibe. Yes, he was a part of Pontiac Vibe. (laughs) I am talking about Neil Constantini. Hello, Neil. Hello, Vic. It is so awesome to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm impressed with my casting tonight. Are you impressed if I cast the show? I think you're one of the top three casting directors in the studio right now. Really? And where are you on that list? I'm number two. Really? Is there there's there's someone who you think is better? There is. Who, God? <laughs> no, there's some people be, came before me that know what they're doing. Okay. Well, good. Um, first of all, uh, you listening, I know Neil from working with him on many shows, uh, including Deal or No Deal. And Neil was in charge of the entire casting department. Is that correct? That's correct. And yeah. you helped make a lot of people very rich. I have given away over $100 million in it, my career in television shows. You've actually done the math? Yeah, over 100. Now, I stopped at 100. Now, how did you uh, get started? We were talking a little earlier, and I found this very interesting. We, I didn't want to hear it till we really got on the air. Tell me where you started. Uh, when I was in college, I used to go on a lot of dating shows. Singled out, buzzed. Um, Were you just horny? Change of heart. I, I was. Uh, I was in college, so yes, I was <laughs> certainly. Right. Um, but I did one, and then the casting directors kept calling me back for others, and then I kind of became the ringer. So if someone didn't show up on a tape day, they knew they could call me at seven a.m. or eleven p.m. and tell me you had to be here at the studio the next day to be on this dating show, and they would pay me two hundred dollars. Did you do Love Connection? I did not do Love Connection. No. Now, because the show is called It's a Fair Question, and as you heard, Neil, no question is off limits. Okay. How many times did you get laid <laughs> through those years of being on these dating shows? Uh, you know what? I, I only went on one date. Okay. I would go on the dating shows and they would hook you up on set, but I would take my money and prizes and run. So you never slept with one contestant? Not one. Really? Never. Never had the interest? Uh, No, they were never that cute. I was doing better on my own. Really? Did you do well? I think so. How much money do you think you made as a contestant through your college years? Oh, I probably, I'm maybe like $2,000. Really? Yeah. And that's that's 1970s money. (laughs) (laughs) Neil's a lot older than he sounds. That's mid-90s. That's grunge grunge money. Right. So a couple grand through just showing up. What was the biggest show you were on as a contestant? Uh, the biggest show I did, um, I did change of heart. That was a big one. Is that how you met executive producer Scott St. John? That's how I met Scott St. John. And did you guys hit it off? Uh, I didn't meet him when I was a contestant, Okay, but the casting director of that show, 
Uh, her name was Robin Cast, and she gave me a, my first job. Right I know after Robin. Graduated. Yeah, she's that, wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Now, Scott St. John is the executive producer, was of Deal or No Deal, and also a show that we just worked on. I don't even know if we're allowed to say the name of it. We are. It's been released. It premieres in July on CW. Perfect score. Okay. So now it's out there. It's out there. You're responsible for any <laughs> problems. The thing that people don't know, and people meaning you listening, maybe, is that we have to sign all these confidentiality papers. Mm-hmm. And it's a big deal if you break, if you, uh, I, I was asking you how many shows you've been on. You said there are only four you could tell me about, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty impressive. That's a lot of shows. So um, you started as a contestant. Scott St. John, um, you, he somehow found you through Robin. He, he uh, Robin offered me, I literally Robin, did, the casting person. Correct. I, I graduated from college the day after graduation. I was on change of heart. And a couple of days after that, I had a job ready for me as a corporate recruiter. And instead I got, uh, I took a job working at change of heart as a singles recruiter. So what does that mean? You're going to malls? Going to bars and nightclubs and malls and looking for anybody who was single who wanted to be on television. Did you get laid a lot doing that? Oh, boy. Um, you know, from I met my wife early on. Uh, so she's I mean, not listening. She's probably listening. No, she's not. On occasion, yes, that happened. Yeah. I'd, Men or women? Uh, always women. It's a fair question. It, it is a fair question. So you were you were getting laid a lot. I did, yeah, sure. Yeah. So you now, from my experience, having written on a lot of shows and, and also you know, just being around it for years like yourself, to me, the casting department gets laid a lot. Not because they're sleazy people trying to get laid. It's part of the culture. Like you're having fun, you're out at the bars, especially when you guys go on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for, those, for the single casting people, they have a lot of opportunity. Some of them take it, some of them don't. Is it professional to t- to have sex on the road when you, or even when you're working in the studio? I uh, anyone who works for me is not permitted to actually. Really? What about with themselves? That is, is self pleasure allowed? <laughs> <laughs> or are you strict with that too? <laughs> it's a fair question. Oh, uh, no, <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> so you're telling me that if I worked on Deal or No Deal as a casting person and I went to Omaha with the group uh-huh. and because that's what you would do, you'd send out these groups, right? right? You would stay at the main fort back in Los Angeles, send these mini groups out to get contestants. Mm-hmm. They are not allowed, they were not allowed to make love on the road. Uh, they could not do that with anyone they met at an event or was a potential contestant for the show. So they could... Make love to the ugly ones. To anyone who wasn't a potential <laughs> contestant. That would be the ugly ones, right? Uh, no, we had some different looks kidding. of people on the show. That's true. If you go back to Deal or No Deal, we did have some interesting people. By the way, the number here is 800-893-9562. It's 800-893-9562. This is a special night. If you've ever wanted to talk to a real live Hollywood casting director. Wow. Isn't that exciting? It is. You're waiting to meet him, aren't you? This is exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm getting very excited. <laughs> I am talking to one. Now, do you think uh, there's prejudice against uh, dra- dramatic casting versus reality? Um, like, do you feel like reality is kind of like the, still the bastard stepchild? No, I, here's what I would say. There's two diff- there are two completely different genres. 
Um, I think what we do in reality is actually more impressive than what people do in scripted. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you're a writer. Yes. And an actor extraordinaire, please, Neil. <laughs> Comedian, and, actor. And, you know, because you are a casting director, I have to impress you. <laughs> Show me you're real. <laughs> I have, uh, and I will. <laughs> um, you, scripted television, scripted anything, I think if it doesn't have great writing, nothing else matters. Writing is the key to everything. You can have an average actor with great writing, and that can make the, the show or television show amazing. If it has bad writing, I don't care how great of an actor you are. I'm not interested. Okay. With reality, there are no writers. You're killing me. There's not. There's <laughs> no writers. There's nobody. There's the nobody. The story is being written. The, the main spine of the story is being told as the cameras are rolling. That's right. And that actor that, that in reality is a real person. He doesn't have lines. He's saying what's in his heart and what's in his mind. So you've got to find someone who not only is interesting looking and acting, but also what they say is great. So... It's twofold. I'm finding the writer and the actor. So would you would you say that you're basically when you're casting actors who don't even realize they're actors? Sure. Yeah. I'm 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 casting talent. All of the people that I put on these shows are talent. A great contestant that you love to watch and you root for on Deal or No Deal or on a game show is talent. Right. And if they stink, it's hard to watch the episode. Exactly. You also have to be a bit of a fortune teller, Neil, because these are real people. And just the way someone behaves in an audition, unlike a professional actor, does not mean that's how they'll behave on the show. Those surprises are, are, can be wonderful and they can be upsetting. You know, you could have someone you think and you swear. And many times I said, I'll swear on my job that this person's going to be amazing. And they go up on stage and they lay an egg. Give me an example. What's one in your mind that sticks out the biggest? Um, God, that's hard to say. Uh, well, let's come back to it. Then. I'll tell. You, here's my here's my answer for you. Are you. Did you see Bachelor One, the very first Bachelor? Vague. I, it's all vague to me. You know but why? I'm sure, many of you listening. You know, know why? Because he stunk. Did you have a hand in that casting? Uh, we many of us did, and many of us thought he was going to be a great Bachelor, and he was horrible. You remember many of the other ones. No one remembers the first guy. And you normally you would. I just was reading about him. Didn't he? he some, I guess they all do bad things after the show. Like they screw over a girl or two, right? Probably. Yeah. So did you put your job on that? On no, that one? I did not. But the argument could be made that it wasn't such bad casting because there have been many bachelors after that. The women were great. The women that he got to date from and were great, and that helped the story along. Do you study reality shows? Uh, I, I watch a lot of reality. What's uh, on your DVR? On my DVR from reality, I love flipping out. I love great characters, individual characters, like pe people like Jeff Lewis and flipping out. He's probably one of my favorite and one of my most, I think, the most interesting character on television right now. Um, love that. Billy the Exterminator? No. Okay. Never watched it. Um, I like gigolos on Showtime. Um, I like stuff that's shocking and people that get loud. I don't like like housewives, desperate housewives or whoever they are, not interested. You've watched though. Yeah. I don't like anything that feels fabricated. Well, I was thinking when you before you came in that one of the things that's so interesting, particularly about game shows, is kind of what we were just talking about. 
we don't know, you know, when they say like reality is all fake and produced, when it comes to game shows, legally, by law, can't be, the outcome cannot be produced. That's right. And that's what makes it so unlike the Kardashians and these other, so, you know, the umbrella of reality. Mm -hmm. And that's also what makes it so exciting. Yeah, game shows are great um, in there's no, it's so illegal to stick your hand in anything. And there's so many people watching um, just from the quiz show rules that the quiz show real. scandal, the quiz show of scandal. what the fifties. Yeah. And, and it's gone so far as uh, Neil and I have had conversations. I'm, I'm a real nut about it. Cause I just freak out if someone I know I see um, his auditioning mm -hmm. or they've called, they call me and say, Hey Vic, um, you know, I was wondering if you could help me out. I immediately go, I'm like the biggest straight guy. I, you know, like I go by the rules, like, boom, like I would bend over, right? Haven't you, haven't I come to you? I mean, totally. You that said, could be misinterpreted. I know this person <laughs> and then you bend over. Right. No, but is it, do you remember? I remember distinctly like in a kitchen telling you, I mean, you usually yeah. say, well, how well do you know them? Yeah. It, it, it's based on, if you have a real strong bond, if there's somebody who you could call on the phone right now, we don't want them on the show. But if there's somebody you knew in passing, maybe they're a Facebook friend, but not a real friend, then it's okay. So those of you who uh, have friends who work on game shows, don't ask them to get you on the show. Once you do that, you're basically never going to be on the show. Right. You're out. Yeah. So you need to let them just go through the motions and see what happens. Also, lying on an application is bad. That's bad. Right? I mean, we'll find out the truth typically. about if they have a friend. Yeah. Now, I, uh, I was approached to do a reality show, a dating yeah. show. Yeah. And I pulled out. I pulled out. <laughs> Let me rephrase it. I pulled out. I decided not to be the contestant. On what show? It was um, the show that Jeff Aploff was doing. Uh, oh, take me out. Yeah. Uh, there was, and um, I was really interested. But what happened was, and this was fascinating to me, it was a good experience. And this is, this is something you're probably aware of, of course, that contestants have to now get psychologically profiled. Yep. On many big shows, they do. And I didn't like that. I don't, I've got enough issues. I'll keep them to myself <laughs> <laughs> because I work with these people. Yeah. You know, and I don't, basically what they wanted me to do is talk to some psychologist in Pasadena for two hours or whatever it was. And then he was going to write up everything, a psychological profile on me. And that just doesn't work for me. I knew a guy, his name was Ben, and I knew him and I thought he was wonderful and Ben was going to be great for the show. And he was this, you know, tall, dashing guy, bald head, goatee. And I won't say his last name, but um, Ben ended up turning out. And this was someone that I kind of knew in passing and had wanted on shows. Very sweet guy. Turned out he didn't pass the psych test. What What does that mean, not pass? Like he could kill someone? <laughs> The networks make those kinds of decisions, but uh, a psych evaluation is done and they go through the, the steps to um, to ensure that when they get on a stage that they're safe, that they're not going to hurt anyone. So it's really because I never had issues with violence. But did the, the psych person said no to you? No, I never got that far. Oh, I wouldn't talk to them. Why? Because I, I don't need a, some psychological profile being made about me and then handing over to network people that that I work with. That's, that makes sense. You know, so I'm putting my, because who are this? Who's this guy doing this profile? I don't know. Him. And they also say in the paperwork, you can't ever see what they wrote or respond to it. That's true. <laughs> and so I wouldn't want any part of that. Yeah. I mean, network spends, spend millions of dollars 
on the background checks and psych evaluation. Right. And you know, if I'm a, if I'm that psychologist in Pasadena, I want to earn my money. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna dig. Yeah, they dig. Yeah, I don't want to be dug into. I got you know, I it didn't interest me. Would you? Um, I, I I would because I think I'm about as sane as they come. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying I'm crazy. You think the interpretation here is that I'm insane and that I don't want others to know? I think your sanity has been called into question more than once. <laughs> That's not fair. That is not fair. And I will tell you that it's, if anything, it's because I'm neurotic. Do you, do you think I'm neurotic. that you are sane? Yeah. It's a fair question. It is do a fair question. Do you think you're sane? I do, but then I get nervous because it's the people who think they're okay who are usually the ones who are. No. Yeah. Like, No. See, like now I really saw Cousin. <laughs> I do think that I'm totally sane. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, sometimes you've seen me maybe not appear sane. I've seen you do some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen a human being do. Seriously? Like what? I saw you go on stage in front of 15,000 people on, uh, and propose to someone who. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've seen you in, that was, uh, well in an airport in the Netherlands take off your shirt and start acting like a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, I do. It was the Netherlands? We were in, where were we? No, we were in no Copenhagen. Really? We had a stopover in Copenhagen, and there you were with your shirt off in the, in terminal? the airport. Yes. Just walking around like a monkey? Yeah. God, I don't remember that. I do. Yeah, it's probably good I didn't take that test. <laughs> <laughs> the thing with the uh, proposal was uh, that was at Foxwoods, right, in Connecticut? That's right. And I proposed to, um, I think, a wardrobe person. Oh, was Grace? I don't know, but she said no <laughs> in front of 15,000 people. Or did she say yes? I don't remember. Yeah, I know. I remember I was wearing a leotard. Yes, you were wearing a leotard. <laughs> I think it was like a tiger. Of some Might have sort. been a tiger print. Yeah, it's very sexy. Well, you know, I have been married. And uh, she struck my fancy at the moment. Sometimes you got to be impulsive. But that was just a joke. I I'm totally sane. Um, so I know you listening at home have to be wondering. You want to know. You want to know, how can I get on a reality show? How can I pique the interest of Neil Constantini? Vic Cohn's close casting friend. Yes. <laughs> I like how I'm turning this into about me. It has nothing to do with me. It's your show. Yes, that's true. Thank you. But I'm making it like a, like a, like a big ego trip now that I have a very big friend here. Thank you. But it is true. I actually was looking at your credits and it's very quite impressive. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the question is, how do, these, how do you listening, how, Neil, tell them, what do they need to do? Um, you know, usually you can go on different networks, websites, and you can find the different casting uh, notices. So all, if you go on NBC, there's a, there's a page you can click on casting and you can find out all the different things that people are casting for. A lot of people find out on Craigslist, but typically it's through those network pages where you can find out all the shows that are currently casting. Okay. So a lot of these shows want tapes, right? Let me tell me the do's and the don'ts. Um, you know, I actually recently, actually yesterday looked at a tape from this guy and I'll just say his name was Juan Carlos. <laughs> and uh, Juan Carlos was naked on his tape. So that's, was he, did he look good? He, he actually was in great shape and he may have been a good contestant for something, but Juan Carlos is there dancing naked. We immediately turn the camera off. We turn the, the, the DVD player off. We're done looking. Right. It's not about all of that. You got to, 
You've got to show us your personality. You got to show us not uh, your penis, not your penis, please. Different P. Yeah, um, <laughs> P is for personality. <laughs> and show us your personality. Show us who you are. Show us. Um, we like meeting people's families on on these things. Okay, that that's more helpful. You know, when you say show me who you are, not as not. I need specifics. Okay. So you said show the family. What about the family? Like this is grandma. Is it good if one's in a wheelchair? Uh, it, she doesn't have to be in a wheelchair, but I, you Near have to death. create your own story. So in, in like, let's say, what is a typical length of a, of a video? Like two minutes? Two minutes. So yeah, two you got to be able to tell the tell in two minutes. But when you say a story, you don't mean a beginning, middle, and end. What's the story? The story, it's the story of you in two minutes. You could go ahead and, and go ahead and tell me right away in two minutes, here's the story of Vic. And you could do it on a camera. I know you could pull it off because you're going to animate you're going to show me yourself at a level 10. I always need a contestant to be at a 10. I want to see what they're like at a 10. I know what happens when, as a producer, someone says, okay, reel back, slow down, take it easy. But I need to know what I'm going to get when I get you at a 10. Okay. So I want your, your most talkative. The person that says, I'm Neil, and here's what you need to know about me. And talk and talk for a minute and a half, and then throw in 30 seconds of here's my house, here's my room, here's my job, here's my life. Perfect. That's what you like. What about why they need the why they would be a great contestant? Do you have a lot of people will do that? They'll say the reason I'm Vic Cohen and the reason I'd be a great contestant on your show is there's the, there's a famous quote. The reason why I'd be great is because I would make your ratings go up. You no, you're probably lot. not. You just tell me about you, and I'll decide if you're going to be a great contestant. It's it's kind of like I think with comedy, like. I don't. I won't say I'm funny. Let someone decide for themselves or be funny. So if someone says I'm going to be a great contestant, be the great contestant. Mm-hmm. Say it through your audition. In auditions, all the time you hear someone say, "I'm really funny," and I know that yeah, person's be funny. Right? Not going to be funny. So you would you you would advocate what I'm saying? If you think you're funny, be Prove funny. It. Be be fun. Be energetic. Be entertaining. Don't be fake. Okay, now what are uh, some other do's and don'ts or do you have any others on the list? Yeah, I mean, when you go out and when you go into an audition, the number one thing is whether you're going to be a good guy. Hold on one sec. I just want to stop you here. So we've now let's say there's an you're talking about a call now, not the tape going in. Now we're into the moment where you're meeting possibly you or one of your casting. You know, a lot of the days of getting tapes are starting to wane you okay. know, it's it's kind of antiquated now for people to send in tapes. There's only a couple show that will even take it. You mean not because tapes antiquated, but the whole process, right? You want to see them in the flesh. We want to see them in the flesh. A lot of interviews are done on Skype now. We have Skype. Where we, why is this? Um, because I want to be able to ask you questions directly. That's where I I get more information rather than you thinking what I want to hear. And it's because the technology is there. Yeah, we because before have, you couldn't do Skype. No. There was no Skype. Before, if you wanted some from someone from New York, you had to go to New York and do the casting. And now we can, we can do it on Skype. What are, what are some big don'ts that um, people, let's just stick with the tape for just one moment. A big don't, you've mentioned a few, but just like right away, red flag, eject, stop, you're not watching. I, I always hate talking heads. So talking heads is just someone sitting on a chair talking to the camera. You know, find a friend have them shoot you, walk through your house, be excited, jump on the bed, be walking through a park, show me something exciting. If you're just a talking head, 
you're probably going to fail. But don't show your penis. Please. Because that's been done. Juan Carlos Please, Juan Carlos, don't show your penis. Have you ever seen vaginas on, cross, on tapes, casting tapes? Yes. Really? What kind? <laughs> are there different <laughs> kinds? There are. There are millions of kinds. Uh, there are happy ones. There are, smi- there are ones that are more smiley. And I've seen several. Really? Yeah. What's the oldest one you've seen? <laughs> it's a fair question. What's the oldest vagina on a casting tape? Uh, like, do you ever see a grandma give you a Sharon Stone, Stone shot? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, we, I worked for, for two <laughs> seasons on Big Brother, and some of the tapes we would see were astonishing. When we, when uh, he, being a casting director, you know, there's a lot of uh, feel like casting directors are getting hit on a lot. Mm. How many times has someone given you the Sharon Stone crotch shot? I have never, I've never had the Sharon Stone uh, crotch shot, but I have been hit on a lot. Well, you're getting it right now from me. God bless you. Look under the table. It's gorgeous. (laughs) Oh, look, you don't shave. (laughs) Parts. It's cute. (laughs) You do have good eyes. Um, So you have, no one's ever flashed their vagina at you? No. Hmm. Sounds like a gang sign, like flashing the (laughs) vagina. that's, That's surprising me. That surprises me a lot, actually. Why? You think women are just flashing it at auditions to get well, somewhere? And this is Hollywood, not to be cliched, but there I've seen some of the girls who walk in and out of your office, and I and <laughs> and uh, a lot of them get me in trouble. No, Nick. I mean, well, I mean, you know, out of our audition space, yes, perhaps. Yeah, I didn't say your home or yeah, your or your my, van, not my own private office, <laughs> your minivan, <laughs> um, which is very nice. It's a luxury so, SUV, very plush, van. yeah. Only casting guy with his own own van, luxury SUV on site. No, that's not true. No, that's the thing about you. Well, I want to get to that in a minute, but let's get to the process now. We're inside the studio. Uh, maybe some one of your associates has found us in a mall or we've been called in off our tape. Either way, here we are. What are the do's and the don'ts? Um, so we're now in the audition. Yeah. When you come in, whether you're a good guy or a bad guy, you want to be a villain, you want to go on a dating show, you want to go a game show, smiling is a beautiful thing. There's some people that are coming in there to tell us your problems. We don't want to hear about your problems. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Smile, energetic. I shouldn't have to ask you more than anything other than tell me about yourself. You should have a two-minute answer for tell me about yourself. If someone can speak and answer the long version their money a yes or no answer is a disaster death yeah what about age it just depends on what it is i mean uh, you could be 18 you could be 81 i've there's shows that want if you're all dyslexic you'd be both amen <laughs> <laughs> so it just depends on the show it depends on the show okay what are some more do's and don'ts one is yes or no answers aren't going to cut it right what are like the what about the way someone dresses uh, it, you know, if if you are a young, attractive person, you don't need to come in in a sweater, in a jacket, and baggy pants. I mean, show what you got. It, you know, if you are have a, if you work out in the gym and you're looking great, you should. I want to see it. You know, show me how great you look. If you don't, I don't want to see it. Um, but I th- I think my policy and what I tell people when they come in for an audition, wear what you would wear if you were going out on a date. Okay, and is that just for dating shows or any show? Any show. Wear what you would wear if you were going out on a date. And that shows your personality, too. If you're going to come in and w- with a cat shirt, 
and, you know, board shorts and flip-flops, and that's what you wear on a date, I know a little bit about your personality. And that could be a good thing. Yeah. Now, uh, some casting directors really hate when people come in and shake their hands. They do? What's your thought on that? Um... I have no problem with it at all. Does that sound like a crazy question to ask? No, I mean... Because it is actually, I'm telling you, out in the world, actors talk about that. And I've heard this even in workshops. Don't get too chatty with the casting director. Don't get, you know, if they want to ask you a question, answer, but... I'll tell you, before I did Deal or No Deal, I used to shake everyone's hand. And since then, now I only fist pump. I don't shake anybody. Because of Howie Mandel. Yeah. Right, because of the germs. Yeah. So it's nothing to do with you just not liking to shake hands. Or no, the time. I have no problem with that at all. No, okay. I think it's great. I think a lot of people are excited and they won't get a chance to be on the show and it's their moment. And and I want that. I, I always want it to be special. I never cut someone off in 15 seconds if they're if I don't think they're going to be great for the show because I want them to leave feeling like they had a great experience. Okay. So any other do's or don'ts? Smile. That's don't, a do. Don't bring, <laughs> this is not a babysitting event, so don't bring your child. Uh, don't try and make a child. That would be bad. And <laughs> and uh, eye contact is is a great thing. Um, you know, look the person in the eye who you're talking to. Don't look in a camera. That feels cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't feel like you're performing. You know, we don't need a performance. We just want to know who that person really is. Just be yourself. The other thing is in these forms that you fill out, I mean, there's so many pages and sometimes it's almost like filling out a dating form where you're wondering, like, what should I answer to make me the most attractive? Mm-hmm. What, what's the answer they're looking for? The, the answer is if you try to guess and create, you're probably going to fail. You should just be who you are and answer the truth. And, but answer truthfully. Don't hold back. There's people that will come into the audition and say, this is all I'm going to show you about me right now. But when I get on stage, well, you're never going to get on stage. Put it all on the table in that two minutes. And I remember on Deal or No Deal, there was the persistent rejected person. Right. Tell me about that person. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's people that uh, do not make it on a show like Deal or No Deal or or Survivor or Amazing Race. Uh uh, that will send in their their tape or their application or come into auditions over and over and over again. And there'll be people on these shows that didn't make it season one, didn't make it season two, didn't make it season three, but they make it season four. I think persistence is a good thing. I have no problem with it at all. I recommend it. Well, I remember someone, I think, mailing a shoe oh, or they, something. I've seen the craziest stuff, mailed pictures of Howie, pictures of... I've had boxers with my name on it. Weird stuff. Does that work? No, but I like them. <laughs> Are you wearing them now? I have. I still have them and I wear them. Okay. Well, the idea really isn't to provide you with gifts and, <laughs> no. and, and wardrobe. No, I, I don't accept any gifts that are handed to me at all. Right. Until the show's over. Correct. So there doesn't seem to be, from what you're sharing with me, much, many ways of manipulating the system. If you, if there's no if. if if you just come out and blow me away in those two minutes, you're in with anything you do. Though you have a two-minute span. Um, and, and really, just like if you go on a date, the first two minutes of a date will dictate whether or not you're going to have a second date. It's, it's, been, it's, it's a truth. 
Mm-hmm. If in the first two minutes you can blow that person away, you're going to get a second date and they're going to be wowed by you. So I, I walk in the room knowing and practicing what my two minutes is going to be so that when you're standing up there, you're not umming and, um, well, um, and rubbing your tummy and doing, you know, have two minutes. That's all you need. If you can't be interesting for two minutes, you've got a lot of problems. <laughs> in general. Yes. Well, one thing I thought was really interesting on the last show we worked on is you had some people who didn't make the cut for whatever reason, not because they were not entertaining, but whatever the criteria are, sometimes we, you know, other than you, not everyone knows, but you liked them. You saw something in them to make them be run through contestants. And a lot of these guys and ladies ended up making more money probably than the contestants because they got paid every run through for the producers and the network. Mm -hmm. So that's another part of this whole process that people don't know, you know? Absolutely. I mean, anything you can do to get yourself seen is a good thing. Any of those guys uh, were take it all. We had a bunch of guys who uh, would do these run throughs for the network, for the producers in a, in a little like room and they just became, we got to know them Mm -hmm. as people. Now, having gone through that process, was there anyone there that you will call back, you think, for another show now that you've gotten to know them? Absolutely. There was one, there was one guy in particular who was that boisterous redhead. I won't say, do you remember him? His name was Matt. Okay. This guy, Matt, was a boisterous redhead. He was amazing. We couldn't use him for the show because he was used in a run-through and it was illegal. Was he wearing a do-rag at one point? No. No, Okay. Um, but he's already, I've already put him on another show. Wow. Well, there was another guy, very funny. Um, God, I can't remember his name, Zach. Okay. He, I thought his personality, you know, sometimes you don't get to know a guy till, I mean, th- it's such a great opportunity to get in front of your eyes in the network, but if you could just get into even the run-throughs. Yeah. So not getting cast doesn't mean you're not going to have an opportunity. Oh, I mean, if you go on Craigslist, there's all of these ads, people begging for contestants for shows. I mean, there the opportunity is there. You go on Craigslist right now and you go to TV, film, jobs, there's hundreds of people begging, desperate, looking for contestants. Now, what do you say to the actor or actress listening? You know who you are listening. Says, I'm, a, I'm an actor. I'm not going to be seen on one of these reality shows, your stupid dating show. I'm a, I'm a dramatic actress or actor. I studied at NYU, Juilliard. What do you say to that? I say Bill Rancic. Bill Rancic was the winner of Apprentice One. Okay, I'll be that person. Well, Bill Rancic wasn't a classically trained actor. He was a business guy. Mm-hmm. I'm an actress. He has his own television show and a $50 million empire. He... uh. I say skinny margarita. Ever heard of it? Yes. She's worth $100 million and has her own television show. I say The View. She was on Survivor. Elizabeth Hasselbeck. That's correct. I say time and time again, there are examples of people that consider themselves actresses or actors. I say... But here's the thing. I say Emma Stone. What was she on? She was on the Partridge family, the real Partridge family. If she was never dragged to be on the real Partridge family when she was 14 years old. But that's old, a dramatic show and she was a kid. 
I mean, that was like, like she comedy, was right? 14 years old. It was a reality show where they took a oh, bunch it was? of Yeah, it was a reality show where they took a bunch of people that wanted to be and they want to recreate the new Partridge family. Really? It's a reality show. I did not know that. Yeah. So that's probably, where she came from. We could see that probably online. Absolutely. And you'll see Emma Stone and that's where she came from. Because I'm with you. I just, I think that um, actors and actresses who, from my perspective, micromanage to the point where they don't put themselves out there end up really selling themselves short. Look at all the great actors who were on the dating game in this, I think it was like the 60s mm-hmm. and 70s. I mean, there's a list. I think Goldie Hawn was yeah. on one of them. Uh, some major TV actors, dramatic actors, major. So, yeah, this idea, but it's very, uh, it, it's still, you hear it a lot. It's a very popular thing for actors and actresses to say. You know, they get the, the, the Kardashian syndrome. They think that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, look, if you, if you believe in your art and you don't want to cloud it with a reality show, I understand. Go ahead. But if you want a way to get ahead and get eyeballs on you, it's a heck of a way to do that. Because it's hard to get it. It's hard for people just to get an audition, just to get a manager. At least you're exercising that that muscle of talent of getting in front of people. I totally agree, and I think think the lines are blurring so much every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is that real actors and actresses, uh, I think there's a certain amount of anger when they see uh, Boo Boo or whatever her name yeah. is, Honey Boo Boo. Yeah, getting becoming a star and her her mother and that family. You know, or Jersey Shore people. What do you right. think of that? Um, I would say most people, if they could trade places with Polly D today, I bet you they would. I would. Polly D probably made ten million dollars during the course of the run of that show, and now he makes fifty thousand dollars to DJ for one night at a nightclub. Right. Well, you're talking money. Yeah. So, and I think what you said I'm earlier is true. Money, if you're an artist, and, and I'm talking celebrity. He's a celebrity. Um, if you want to be an actor, then be an actor. But if you want to be a celebrity, if you want to make money, uh, it's a means to an ends to get that. But it can also open the door to acting as well. I mean, it's not popping out the top of my head right now, but there's plenty of people that that did reality shows and are actors today. Well, money can create opportunity. Sure. That's undeniable. So you come from a family business. Your dad's in a, in a jewelry business, right? Right. Wouldn't that have been an easier way for you to just go into your the family business right out of Northridge? Uh, yeah. Um, when I graduated high school and told my father that I'm going to college, he said, why? <laughs> really? Not even, he didn't even think you should go to college. No. I mean, I was a straight C student. I had no real reason. Um, and he knew what I was going to end up doing, which is just partying my way all through college. Um, and, and yes, he very much wanted me to, to go into the family business and, and it would have been great for the family, but, um, he will be the first person to tell you today, thank God I didn't do it because I love what I do. I have the best job of anybody I know. I have many friends that don't work in this industry. Um, and they could only dream of doing the things that I get the chance to do. What are those things? I get to travel all around the country, all around the world. Where um, have you been? Other than with Deal or No Deal, we did some shows on the road in uh-huh. South Africa and, yeah. and wherever. We were in the Philippines. 
Estonia. I've been to um, over 150 cities in the United States. I mean, some would say that could be torture. It's it been. I mean, I've been to Evansville, Indiana. I'm sorry, Paducah, Kentucky, <laughs> uh, Kentucky. <laughs> um, There's nothing I've wrong. I've been with to this Olympia, Washington. I mean, I've been to cities. In states that most people will never, ever go into. On the company dime. Yeah. I've, I've had amazing opportunities. I get to travel. To, I get to be on set. I get to meet exciting people. And I get to audition people and hear people tell me their story at work. It's amazing. I mean, I'll look up at the clock and it'll say 630. And I, and I feel like I just got to work. It's the best job on the planet. So you're not feeling any uh, fatigue, burnout? No. I love it. I still love it. It's been, uh, wow, it's been a long time. It's been 12 years. I've been doing this for 12 years. Well, that's years. a quick ascent in 12 years. I, when I came in 12 years ago, there were like five shows. Now there's 500. So there weren't a lot of people to do all this stuff. I mean, a lot of the times I, I got promoted because it was, I had, they had no choice. There, were, <laughs> there was no one else to hire. You came in at the perfect time. Perfect time. I came in at the perfect time. So you've been on all these shows as a uh, casting person, Big Brother, Survivor, Bachelor, Amazing Race. Share with me, share with you listening, the people who are listening, some things we might not know about any of these shows regarding the casting, behind the scenes, things that surprised you. Huh. Let's start with Bachelor. Bachelor. Um the Bachelor season one, I had to travel across the country looking for the women for season one of The Bachelor. And at that time, the idea, the creative for the show was that the women at the end of the show were going to actually get married. So the final episode was a wedding, mm-hmm. not a proposal as it is now. So I had to travel around the country. This had never been done. And tell a girl, do you want to be on the show? You have to sign this contract that says when the show is over. You have to agree to get married with a guy that you've met <laughs> after four weeks. And people thought I was hilarious. They laughed at you. It was ridiculous. They thought I was ridiculous. It was, the, it was a very difficult thing. Yeah. What about um, Amazing Race? Um, I only did a, a short span. I just did season two of Amazing Race. I don't know. I mean, Amazing Race is, is I think, the best show on television. They have eight Emmy Awards. It's probably the finest product in reality television. I mean, it's pretty self-explained. There's nothing be- nothing crazy behind the scene. We just look for interesting, fun pairs. Were you, uh, did you have to travel with the show? No, I did it all locally. But Big Brother? Big Brother. Um, Big Brother is is a show where, and you see it when you watch the show on screen, we look to, they look to find different personalities that will clash. They're not, we're not looking for people that are going to be yin and yang together. We want oil and water. So if, if this person is a Republican who hates gays, we better have a gay guy. <laughs> you know, there's always one of each on a show like that, which makes the drama and makes the excitement of the show happen. Does that mean that one who would like to be on that show should come in very strong? Well, there's room for everything. There's there's the you know the sweet mom. There's the southern belle. There's the 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 there's always the sex pot girl and the sexy guy. There's room for everybody, and it's 
through line for all the shows is be who you are and, and maybe that's what they're looking for. So you've done this for 12 years and where do you see yourself 12 years from now? Um, I also create and develop my own projects and hopefully in 12, 12 years from now I'll have my own projects on television and I won't be and somebody else will be casting. I have uh, an amazing team that works with me. Um, uh, the person who kind of runs my company, her name is Kristen, and and hopefully she'll be able to take over this company one day, and she'll run it herself. Do you do you see um, any interest in doing scripted casting? Scripted? Never, no interest. I I do I I do find a lot of hosts for shows, and that's been a a, a part of my job as well as finding hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, but scripted, no, it's not something I'm interested in. Right, and they're so different. That's yeah. the amazing thing when people talk about casting. It's like you'd think it's so similar just because it's casting. I but. couldn't tell you the difference between a, a a great actor and a good actor, but I know there are people that that's what they do. You know, a lot of times I've noticed on these shows, um, people, a, a contestant will give a great first impression and then they fall apart on screen. Mm-hmm. What is that like when you're watching someone, whether it be someone you've championed or not? You know, not necessarily just crumble, but when you're just off camera watching it unfold, what's mm-hmm. that feeling like? Um, I did a show and and there was a guy on there, his name was Goots. And that's why he went, what he went by, his name was Goots. And he had the best personality. He was amazing in the audition. He'd sit in the room with the network executives for the for the interviews. And Goots was the best. Literally, and we had no idea, the second a camera was in his face, he froze. Frozen, like like an iceberg, mumbling. You're talking while the show was rolling? While the show was rolling. We traveled him to the show. The show was running. He was going to be a part of 12. When you say traveled, you mean flew him out? Yes. From some other city? Correct. Okay. We flew him out, came through for audition. Everyone loved him, and everyone signed on the dotted line, and Goose... Turned into a statue the second that the camera turned on. Now, when you say everyone loved him, explain what you mean. Because I don't think um, I went to have known unless I'd seen the process. It's not mm-hmm. just you deciding. It's a whole team of people. Right. There are um, a lot of doorways you got to open to make it onto a show. Um, it, it depends which show. But many times you, you start with a casting associate and then get to a casting director and then get to me. And then if I like you, I take you to the executive producers. And then if the executive producer ta- likes you, then we take you to the network. And then if the network likes you, then you have to go through all those psych testing, medical testing, whatever testing that show does. And then you get entered into a pool of people and then hopefully you're the one. What are the craziest reasons a network person or an executive producer has given you for not liking someone that you liked and it brought to them? Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's a, da- it's a dangerous thing to say anything negative about right. any uh, network executive. I mean, at the end of the day, a network is putting millions of dollars on the line. And on a reality show, like I said, and, and, and most people agree, if the cast isn't great, that mil- those millions of dollars are for naught. So 
sometimes they just have a gut feeling. I've had times where I said, this is my favorite person. Number one, nobody else is nearly as good. And I've had somebody just literally look me in the face and said, nope, don't like them. Next. After I sworn this is the greatest person. I've had situations. Uh, I did a show where the person. Uh, Are you hearing stuff? Yeah. We're hearing some crazy buzzing. We're hearing some crazy buzzing in our headsets. I'm speaking to Jeremy, our um, uh, person rolling the board here. I don't know it's it seems it seems better now. It went away. It was just bizarre going from one ear to the other. Watch out for those uh, little connectors, like that thing right there will cause some. Buzzing. Mostly my fault. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, so we were talking about uh, reasons yeah. that people will turn someone away. It could be a, a network person, or someone you've brought. You know, it's it, it's weird. I did a show once called the Two Timer. <laughs> it was on ABC, and it was a show in which we wanted to find a guy who had multiple girlfriends, the guy we actually used in the show, had six different girlfriends at the same time. None of the girls knew that he had any other girlfriends. Um, and we had six different guys to choose from. And we brought them to the network. And we had five great guys and one guy who was there to make the other five look better. They picked the guy that we brought to make everyone look better. And they he brought, was, They picked the scumbag. Right. Were they all the guys had were cheating? Correct. Right? But this one was the biggest cheater, and you thought he was the worst of all of them to the point where no one would ever want him. Correct. And how did he do? He was on the... You've never heard of it, have you? No, well, was it famous? It, it was on the air. I mean, it, there were seven episodes of the show. No, I don't. Air. I mean, nothing happened with this guy, right? I mean, he no. didn't, like, commit any crimes. Or he just anything. wasn't that talented. He just wasn't that great. You think he killed the show? Yes. Yeah. What about, um, I mean, it could be something as simple as, uh, I don't like her eyebrows. I don't like her teeth. Absolutely. Let's talk about teeth. <laughs> okay. I always find it interesting. If someone doesn't have a, a tooth, okay. that can be a problem in casting, correct? They may not get past anyone, depending on the budget, because some budgets will allow for temporary dental work. Um, is that too sensitive a topic? It is a fair question. Yeah, I mean, look, you want to be fair to everybody. Obviously, this is, um, it's television. It's a visual medium. So um, looks matter. Just how it is. It is. It is how it is. Right. What are, what are um, do you have any other uh, misconceptions about the whole uh, reality world that you could share with us? I think a lot of stuff that people think is fake is actually not. It's just really good casting. I can't believe that per there's no yes. Actually. I get that too. And deal or no deal. Because for those of you who don't know, I was the writer on the show for the run of the show and also this the syndicated show. Yeah. And what was fun about the show is everyone not everyone, but most people knew it and watched it and they would say things like that. Mm -hmm. Those people are who they are. We didn't tell them what to say. We're not allowed to tell them what to say. They are who they are. We just create the scene. So if you can, a good show is the show that creates the right scene. And those people being well-casted and being extreme type A people uh, are able to deliver, deliver some crazy stuff. Now, I heard that there's a big run right now on dating shows. That there's like 25 really? or something like that going on. What is going on? Why? Why? I think it's all kind of cyclical. You know, there was a the huge uh, dating show 
bonanza, like in the in the in the uh, mid '90s, there was all of these dating shows, and they went away. And then, in you know, ten years, five, six years ago, actually, it was a huge game show time. There were so many game shows on television. Deal or No Deal and Millionaire just spawned all of these copycats and these extra shows, and now it's gone away. I'm sure in a couple of years from now, you'll see game shows cluttering the market again. It's all kind of cyclical. Mm-hmm. And you said that uh, that there's nothing in the world you'd rather be doing. No. Well, I mean, honestly, I'd rather be a stay-at-home dad, but my wife does not work. <laughs> she goes shopping and goes to the gym, so I can't do that. Really? That You think she'd like to hear that? that- well, I mean, look, I, I, have, uh, I have earned the right to screen many different women and uh, I decided to ensure that I screened the hottest woman I could have and I married her and she gave me two beautiful daughters and and, uh, she's allowed to do what she wants with that time. You know, Neil, one thing that really does strike me is how real you are, you know, and it's not to be ironic or whatever, you know, because this is reality TV that you work in and, you know, you're you're not affected, you're not uh, in any way false... Um, what does that attribute to your way you were raised? Yeah, um, I, I was raised, I, I guess so. Um, you know, my parents always told the truth. My parents are uh, very blunt. I am very blunt. Um, all of my family are very blunt and straightforward. Um, and, you know, I don't want to be coddled and I don't want to coddle people and I want them to know the truth. I don't want people to, to suffer lies. Are you a tough boss? Uh, I am extremely tough boss. If someone's listening to this, wanting to work with you, yeah. how do they even find you? Um, I don't have a website. I don't have a Facebook page. I don't have a Twitter because I prefer not to be found. Do you have a phone? I have a phone. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you're basically saying you are on, I think someone who's clever could find you. I th- There is a website called Staff Me Up. Um, where uh, many reality shows hire their staff. So if someone's looking to get into reality television, that's a good place to look. Do you consider yourself a good mentor? Uh, I try to be. That's a big thing I do is I try and train the people I work with so that they can be successful in casting. It's a great place to work. Okay, well, we're almost finished up here, but is there anything you want to share with me that we haven't covered? Yes, I would like to share the first time I saw you topless. <laughs> the first time I was ever greeted by the uh, amazing body hair that is contained in the Vic Cohen body and uh, the pleasant memories I have. Well, you, do you, where was that? Um, I believe it was on stage while you sang a, a Jewish holiday song. I remember song. that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I sang... Uh... I don't think it was having a gila. I think it was. Inu, inu, natana, yeah, that's right. It was something. For, it was a Passover song, my favorite. Well, Neil, I want to thank you so much for Thanks, coming Nick. here. I know it was a lot of work coming all the way downtown. And I want to thank you for listening. And uh, join us again here on Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question.